0: Rhonda Williams lost her husband, Tom, to cancer after more than two decades of marriage. Her pastor, Rob Boo, lost his wife to cancer as well. Months later, Rob and Rhonda got married.
1: We really thought we were prepared for remarriage, but we still... But we
2: were naive. We were much more focused on the chemistry between us then the, the chemistry of uh, that dynamic with, with our kids.
1: It was difficult for our children to understand, especially how you could love somebody else.
0: This is Family Life Today. Our host is the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. It's possible for two spiritually mature, committed believers in Christ to walk into a second marriage unprepared and to be surprised at what they find. We'll hear about that today. Stay tuned. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us. Have you ever been at an amusement park where you've gone on a ride and you thought that was a fun, exciting ride, and I never want to go on that ride again. Absolutely. Have you ever had that happen? I have, yeah. That's how Marianne and I have talked about dating. It was a fun and exciting thing, and we hope we never
3: have to go on that ride again. Right. It is it is an experience that is meant to be once in a lifetime. Right. But for a number of people, they have to date more than once. And I'm not talking about dating your spouse after you get married. We're talking about what happens... Uh, After a divorce, uh, after the death of a spouse, and uh, we've got some guests that not only have solutions, but some fascinating stories around the whole concept of being single again and dating. Our friend Ron Deal joins us on Family Life today. Uh, Ron is uh, brand new to the staff of Family Life. He's not new to our listeners. They've heard him on Family Life today on multiple occasions. But uh, Ron is uh, married to his wife, Nan, since 1986. They have three sons, and he is heading up a new ministry here at Family Life, um, targeting blended families. Uh, Ron, first of all, welcome to the broadcast. I'll introduce our other guests in just a moment. Share with our listeners a little bit about what you hope to do. Through Family Life's Blended Family Outreach.
4: Well, thank you, Dennis. It's always a pleasure to uh, be on Family Life today with you and Bob. Uh, we endeavor to try to equip blended family couples to go the distance. We want the marriage that they're in to be their last. And uh, the couples that are listening right now that are in step families know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, by death or by divorce, uh, some script that they didn't choose to write. They now find themselves in a different family situation. And we want to try to help them understand their family, make sense of what's going on, and create it into a home that is a redemptive home. I really believe very strongly that step families can be homes of redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh, stop the, the, the cycle of divorce with this generation, make a difference in the emotional, spiritual, psychological lives of their children so that they have the ability to grow and trust the Lord and live vibrant lives of their own.
3: And out of that heart, you've written uh, a brand new book called Dating and the Single Parent. We're going to be talking about that in a few moments. Also joining us is Sabrina Beasley. She used to work here at Family Life. She uh, gave birth to her first child, went home to be a stay-at-home mom, had a second child. And then in 2010, her husband was killed in a, in a car wreck, and she became a, a single parent. And uh, she's agreed to come in and share a little of her story and kind of how that, that whole process uh, is going currently. Sabrina, welcome to the broadcast.
5: Thank you, Dennis. Thank you for having me today.
3: And then we have uh, Rob and Rhonda Boo from uh, Wheaton, Illinois. Uh, Rob, Rhonda, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. Thanks, Dennis. It's great to be here. Rhonda is a a pediatrician, has been for 28 years, and Rob has been a pastor, pastor of Wheaton Bible Church, how many years? 18. 18 years. Um, Together, they have uh, six children, six adult children, and one teenager. And the unique side of their story is Rhonda's husband, Tom, Was Rob's best friend. He died of cancer in two thousand and five, and then in two thousand and five and six, Rob's wife fell prey to cancer as well and died. And interestingly, they started dating and uh, remarried. So we've got their story that uh, we're going to be illustrating what what uh, Ron is talking about from his book. Ron um, in America this year there'll be a million approximately a million marriages. Right. How many of those will be remarried? About 45% of them will be
4: remarried. Now, the majority of those remarriages will also include children from previous relationships. And so about uh, 40% of all weddings will give birth to a stepfamily. And interestingly, one of the things you
0: talk about in your book on dating and the single parent is that in a, a first-time marriage the marriage forms the foundation on which the family is built. Right. But when there are already kids present and then there's a remarriage, it's a different kind of home, isn't
4: it? It's a different kind of home and it has a different sort of foundation. And for that couple to put their relationship into a place of being the foundation of the new step family home is one of those long-term agendas that they need to have to bring stability. During the dating season, the challenges are are many. I I say it this way, Bob— Dating as a single, never married, no kids, dating another person who is a single, never married, no kids is a very, very different process than dating somebody who has children from a previous relationship. When you both bring children from previous relationships, there's a tremendous amount of complexity that comes into that dating experience that just doesn't exist in a first dating situation. And really, the heart of the message of this book, Dating in the Single Parent, is coupleness does not equal familiness. Hmm. That there is a process of falling in love with a person, and that creates coupleness, if you will. I like to make up words, by the way. (laughs) There's a different process of becoming a family. And sometimes coupleness fosters in and ushers in the familiness. And sometimes people find that they're just two totally different uh, experiences and one doesn't necessarily follow the other. So we want to help single parents or somebody who's dating a single parent understand the difference in dating, what difference it makes to have children involved with it and how to date smart. When Marianne and I were dating, about
0: the only issues we had to resolve as we started thinking, might God be leading us toward marriage? about the only thing we had to figure out is our compatibility, mm-hmm. what are likes and dislikes, how do we fit together. Yes, You bring existing family structure and kids into that, and now all of a sudden you're not just thinking, do I like this person, but you're thinking how does it fit into the whole of the rest of my life and the other relationships that are already a part of my life.
3: Yeah, and to that point, uh, kind of going out to the end of the matter – uh, you get a lot of emails from remarrieds. Mm-hmm. What's the most frequent mentioned thing when you get those, those emails?
4: Well, one of the issues that they're often facing is uh, parenting. You know, how do we parent together as a team? What if how I parent is very different than their parenting style and what they value and how they want to approach discipline and those sorts of things? And uh, so it's no big surprise to hear that most dating single parents, Uh, we'll never have a conversation or won't have a series of conversations like I would want them to have about what parenting will look like after they marry. They're so focused, like you said, Bob, on finding their fit with another person. The coupleness matters that they really don't attend to the familiness matters very much. It's amazing to me that two thirds to 75% of single parents who are dating really don't have any conversations about the the most important thing in their life, and that is raising their kids. So you do have to attend to the fit
3: as a couple, but you also have, have to attend to the fit as a family. Let, let's talk to Rob and Rhonda mm-hmm. about that. Did you guys talk about it? Or because you know, Ron Deald, did he uh, put you on the spot and force you to talk about it? Well, we met
2: Ron's book in the dating process. I don't remember exactly, but Rhonda and I talked about this from the get-go because our kids had grown up together because our families were such good friends. But truth be told, we were much more focused on the chemistry between us, which I think is sort of the, the default you go to when you're dating or redating, then the, the chemistry of uh, that dynamic with, with our kids. It was there, but it wasn't the focal point. The focal point was Rob and
0: you, What do you remember about those days, Rhonda? Do you remember thinking is no. This... <laughs> That's
3: well said. That,
1: that, that was the problem.
3: I,
0: I, I think the thing is, at at some level, you got to be asking the question: Okay, we get along. How's this going to work for everybody else? Do you did you have that conversation at
1: all? We had many conversations about that. Um, it was it was difficult for our children to understand, um, especially how. You could love somebody else. When Mm -hmm. I had been married 25 years, Rob had been married 27 years. If we loved each other, where did that leave? There's a betrayal issue going on. Exactly. Uh And certainly, um, I don't even think they were thinking of their place at that point, other than Rob's younger child maybe was wondering what was going to happen. But we, um, in spite of both of us being very knowledgeable, raising our families, being married for as long as we were, we really focused on the coupleness. And um, we had counseling with other people to help address stepfamily issues. Um, We had read Ron's book, um, The Smart Step Family, which um, we really thought we were prepared for remarriage. But we still... But we were
3: naive. Well, now, now, wait a second, Rob. You're a pastor, senior (laughs) pastor of a large church (laughs) in Chicago. You've done how many years of marriage preparation? How many hundreds of couples? Are you rubbing this in,
1: Dennis?
3: (laughs) (laughs) You you knew there was going to be stars in the eyes. Right. But Mm -hmm. when they came, they overwhelmed all the logic Mm -hmm. and all the experience of past history, right? Exactly. And
2: with my kids, I had, and three of them were in their 20s when Rhonda and I were starting to consider dating, and I was very upfront with them from the beginning, and their initial response was really, really positive, and that set us in a certain trajectory, but... uh, all of that is sort of outsiders looking down the road and thinking, yeah, you know, this makes sense. And you sort of add two and two and get four. But when Rhonda and I got married and you begin to live together and you begin to figure out, how are we going to do Christmas?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You mean, we're not going to have that traditional Christmas Eve meal. And all sorts of realities settle mm-hmm. in. It, it, it's a whole different Animal that Rhonda and I would both say we were really surprised about, Mm -hmm. we were not prepared for, Mm -hmm. and in hindsight, it would have been better for everybody if we had gone more slowly.
3: Ron, is it safe to say that maybe a couple who are in a remarried situation should not only go through marriage preparation for them, Mm -hmm. but also perhaps their children? should go through some kind of marriage preparation?
4: Yeah. Ideally, that's exactly the case. It's, I, I talk about pre-step family counseling, not just premarital counseling, where the kids are involved and they are engaged in conversation and a counselor does get to invite them to talk about their uh, different thoughts and feelings. By the way, let me just comment on something that Rob and Rhonda said. The hot cold is a very common response from the kids. They, they got an initial hot. Hey, yeah, go mm-hmm. for it, dad. You know, this seems to make sense. And that's a very common feeling for some kids to have have, and yet when reality begins to set in, I- even during the dating season, It usually hits really hard after the wedding, but even during that dating, there can be a, wait a minute, minute. This, this means a lot of change for me. This means dad is not as available. Mom is not as available to me as she was when it was just about us. Now she's giving time and energies to somebody else. Those are all very hard realities, and that's usually when kids pull back and go cold on this whole idea of you dating. So just because you hear, hey, whatever makes you happy, mom or dad, doesn't necessarily mean you really have their permission or that you really have their blessing. And so pre-step family counseling allows everybody to process those things slowly in a way that helps the family as the entire family date, the entire family move forward in assessing whether there is a familiness fit, not just a coupleness fit.
0: Well, and I heard Rob say it would have been better if we had gone slower. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if, if in this pre-step family counseling, this man and woman who are now very drawn to one another and very much in love with one another, they find out that there are things in the family dynamic that are going to be problematic. And is it right to – we love each other but we're not going to get married because the kids aren't
4: going to buy know, in? Let's cut to the chase here. Uh, In my opinion, yes. I think familiness ought to be as much a factor in in a decision about marriage as is coupleness. It, It makes sense if you've started dating somebody and lo and behold, you discover they have a value system that's very different than yours about money, for example. And you just can't see eye to eye on that. That's a deal breaker, right? I think we don't see eye to eye on parenting is a deal breaker, let me give you another hard reality. If you're dating somebody and they have a really, really difficult ex-spouse situation, I think that potentially becomes a deal breaker. And, and in a way, it's kind of a shame. You, you, you say it and you kind of go, ah, oh, but that's not Hollywood romance. If we love each other, we ought to be able to have our world the way we want it. Well, okay, but let me just tell you, go in with your eyes open and understand that if you're dating somebody who has a really difficult ex-spouse situation, you have got a thorn in your flesh. You have got a rock in your shoe for the rest of your life. And who that person is, even in the other household, they're the parent of your stepchildren. Uh, they are going to dramatically affect your life, your schedule, your outcomes, how your children are treated within your home. They're going to have a tremendous impact. And as sad as it is to say, that familyness lack of fit ought to be given a high degree of consideration in whether or not you move forward in that dating relationship. So the question I'm asking here, I guess, is let's say
0: Rob's oldest son had said, boy, you know what, I I hear that you guys are in love, but Mm. I I just can't get comfortable with this idea of you being married to somebody else and we don't have the traditional Christmas Eve dinner anymore. I mean, I've had that for 20-plus years.
4: Can that child trump The relationship? I I don't, I'm going to say no on that one. I'm going to say adults are adults and they're going to make decisions. But it would be tremendously unwise for any parent to ignore that child's feedback at that point and say, well, I'm moving forward anyway, and I'm moving forward on my timing. At that point, what you're hearing from the child are their fears. And we talk a lot in this book, Dating in the Single Parent, about fears, adults and kids. You're hearing a fear from that young man. My life is going to be changed forever, and I'm not really sure how I feel about that. A wise parent is going to back up and say, tell me more. I need to hear, I need to understand. And then that parent is going to uh, use that information to make some determinations about the pace of moving forward in that dating relationship. One of the mantras I tell couples all the time is time is your friend. Time is your friend. Time is helping you to assess the fit, not only as a couple, but as a family. Time is helping you heal from whatever... Brought you to this place in your life time is going to help you uh, get out of your infatuation and get to some uh, you know reasonable assessment of your relationship and and how well you'll do together. but if you rush it, if you ignore fears from a child and just move forward anyway, then oftentimes that's the death a, a quick illustration of that I can't tell you how many families I've counseled where Uh, One of the children, oftentimes even an adult child in their 30s, I'm not talking, you know, could be a 12-year-old, but it could also be a 35-year-old who's watching a parent date rapidly. And during that rapid dating period, the child makes a judgment and they say to themselves, there's no way this is right. Mom or dad is just moving on too fast. They're ignoring the warning signs. They're out of their head. They wouldn't let me date anybody that way. (laughs) Um, And so this can't be right. And when they make that judgment, let me tell you, that has detrimental effects. Because when that kid says, this is not good, then they tend to hold on to that judgment. Even years into the marriage, they tend to just say, no, this is not good. And Mm -hmm. they don't give it a chance. And so... Slowing down, letting time be your friend, pacing the dating in a way that is sensitive to where the children are is very important to the longevity of the marriage.
3: I can understand when there's a child old enough to be able to articulate the fear Mm -hmm. and maybe some question about the relationship, but I'm looking across the table here at Sabrina, (laughs) who has a Mm four-year-old and a two-year-old, who can't begin to articulate uh, at that level, in fact, the way they may deal with it is they may spin off into an emotional fit. They may act out their fear in a number of ways. Um, Sabrina, you've now been a been a single parent and uh, you know, obviously not since the very beginning and the death of your husband, but in the past few months have thought about dating. Have you noticed your 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 son and your daughter? doing anything kind of irregular when a guy shows up who's kind of interested in you?
5: Um, Well, you know, Dennis, um, from the very beginning, I had, at first I I did panic when my husband died. I I thought, oh, I'm gonna gonna hurry, I'm gonna rush. And and I I was most concerned about the fact that there was a hole in their life that they didn't have a father. And whenever I would have grief for them and and grief that they they didn't have a father in their life, um, I would hear the Lord say to me, I am their father. I'm their father. and since then I have read Ron's book and some others and, and have, have been um, satisfied in knowing that there isn't a hole in their life that I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to be fearful that they're somehow going to miss out on something. but at first it, it was it was scary to me. But- you,
0: you were thinking I got to get down to the hardware store and, and get a replacement
3: part for the one that's gone missing. Absolutely. I mean I hate to sound crass but well there was a reason for that. Yeah your husband's dad died when he was a little boy?
5: When he was two and a half, same age as my son. And he wanted him to have a father. He wanted him to have a father. He felt like uh, my husband, David, uh, felt like he wanted a dad his whole life and didn't have one. And he said, if anything ever happens to me, I want you to get married again because I want my children to have a father. And um, so I, I felt I needed to honor that him. I needed to honor his his wishes.
3: So you look for the hardware store.
5: So I went down and started looking. Who do I have? What are my choices? Yeah. And um, I met a man and I happened to be at a dinner and I met a man who um, we just got into a conversation and he said, well, I, my mother was widowed when I was a little boy. And my earliest memories of her were her going off on dates and coming back home and watching her. And I said, well, how did that make you feel? And he said, I didn't feel badly about it. It was just part of life. And right then I determined that just because my children were small didn't mean they didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. They knew what was going on. And I had to be very sensitive to what they saw during that time. And um, even then I decided that I wouldn't meet dates at my house, that the men that I let be in their lives would have to be casual friendships, that I wanted them to have men in their lives, to be able to have a father figure, good people. But I had to make sure they were good people. They had to, to come through that filter another way other than dating. So um, to answer your question, yes, when they're on, around men, they do act differently. And what's amazing to me, at two and four years old, they know they don't have a dad. Mm. They know it. They, they, they recognize it. When they see other men, they call them daddy. That's the daddy. That's the daddy. And I'll say, yes, that's, that's so-and-so's daddy, or that's a daddy in the home. And so they realize that they don't have that, but they're not missing something. They don't realize, it doesn't hurt them emotionally in the way that I think it might. In other words, I don't have to hurry to fill that hole because God is their father and they do have father figures in their lives and they love being around men. It's amazing to see when the men come, they, they do have um, fun with them. They throw them up in the air. They do the things I can't do mm-hmm. and, uh, and they need that, but they are getting it. They are getting, men in their lives, godly men, men that I know through friendships that can be a father figure to them without mommies dating all the time. The other thing I've done too is I've restricted myself to one or two nights a week to be away from them. I try not to spend too much time going out and letting babysitters watch them because I want them to know they're important to me and that the dating part of it is secondary, not not primary in my life.
3: Sabrina, as you were talking, I couldn't help but think about, um, A quote by uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones that I usually share with single women um, all the time. But it would relate to a single man or a single woman, especially in a remarried situation. And I'm thinking about Ron's advice here that time is your friend. Faith is the refusal to panic. Mm. Mm -hmm. Faith is the refusal to panic. And the reason he could say that is there is a God who is sovereignly in control of this this world. And he knows our dilemma. He knows our needs. He knows each person by name. And he's got a plan. You don't have to panic mm-hmm. and run to the hardware store <laughs> to go get a guy.
0: Well, and I think it's good to realize, too, that you don't want to be driven in this process by your, your loneliness, your losses, by the emptiness you may be feeling. You want to be prayerful, be thoughtful, be wise, uh, get some counsel, get a copy of Ron Deals' book, Dating and the Single Parent, that has just come out. Uh, Ron offers good, solid, wise, practical counsel about things like how do you determine if you're ready to date? How do you talk with your kids about dating? How do you avoid making big mistakes? I mean, I think it helps to have that kind of input as you start to consider this process. And, you know, there may be a lot of our listeners who aren't in this situation themselves, but they know a single parent who is thinking about dating or already there. Get a copy of Ron's book and give it to them as a gift. In fact, this would be a great way to begin a conversation with them and to serve them. Maybe open the door for a conversation about where they are spiritually. Go to familylifetoday.com. Uh, look for information on Ron Deal's book, Dating and the Single Parent. It's one of the many resources that we have in our Family Life Today Resource Center that Ron has written. Uh, Ron is, as Dennis mentioned, the blended step-family expert for us here at Family Life Today. And you can find out more about the resources he has available for blended and step-families along with this new book, Dating and the Single Parent. Again, the website is familylifetoday.com. Or you can call toll free at one eight hundred FL today to get more information about the resources that we have available. And we want to encourage you to be back with us again tomorrow when we're going to talk again with Robin Ronda Boo and Sabrina Beasley and Ron Deal about dating again as a single parent. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Hope you can join us. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, and our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We will see you back tomorrow for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of
4: Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.